Welcome to Married by Design. Together but alone in a marriage relationship, who is the influencer and who is the influenced? That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to this week and Married by Design. We've been looking at marriage and encouraging couples to enjoy God's design for the marriage relationship. He makes it very clear what we should be doing and not doing. He loves you and wants you to have a marriage that honors Him and is enjoyable. He created marriage to fulfill a number of needs that we have as individuals. Those who are called to marriage should see the wisdom of God in the midst of that relationship. Sadly, though, not every marriage is working according to God's design. Because of sin and rebellion and the brokenness of our hearts, some marriages never really enjoy the intimacy and companionship that He intends. That's what we're talking about in this series, Together But Alone. Some are married but are alone, abandoned, neglected, or isolated, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, and sometimes physically. Those in such a marriage have to face that kind of relationship and need to know how to cope and walk through the challenges. And even though that kind of marriage is missing God's mark and purposes, there is still a place for God to be glorified, not so much in the marriage relationship, but in the way that the spouse is seeking to follow and obey the Lord. We want to look at the path forward through the sorrow and grief of living in such a marriage. We've looked at ways to deal with the brokenheartedness and how to treat the wayward and struggling spouse. We want to look this week at the opportunities and the responsibilities in the relationship. We want to challenge you to see yourself as the influencer, not the one being influenced. Rather than having the struggling spouse set the tone and the direction of the marriage, you be the one to pull them up, rather than them pulling you down. That's important. We talked last week about Colossians 3 and the call to kindness, patience, bearing with your spouse, and forgiving. If you swim upstream against the current, if you rise when they are falling, you're responding to the call to stand in a fallen world. While your spouse may be impatient, rude, cruel, resentful, or just indifferent, you have a higher, harder path that God has called you to. It's always been that way with his followers. Believers have always been called to live above the standard of the world. The disciples were called to die to self care for the needy, and forgive when the world around them didn't understand and even mocked them. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount was a challenge to live above the low standard of the culture, and it required a heart commitment and not just externals. That's right. Paul wrote, wrote in Romans twelve two that believers should not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. To show what is good and acceptable and perfect by not conforming, but being transformed, not allowing the environment to force you into a godless mold. What a challenge for the spouse whose partner is not following the Lord. There could be such a tendency to take the easy way out and just fit in, or to bow to the pressure of their spouse and conform to their expectations, attitudes, and lifestyle. It's like the Israelites in the Old Testament that were called to be holy, set apart, different, not influenced by the nations around them. You can read about that in Deuteronomy 7. God warned the Israelites about the influence of the other nations, 
and the importance of separating themselves and being holy. Now, if you're married, we're not suggesting that you separate yourself from your spouse. Even in the case of a believer being married to a non-believer in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 12 to 15, Paul writes that the believer should remain married. We are suggesting that you should not be influenced by the wayward spouse, but be an influence on them. You have the opportunity to shine God's light, as Paul goes on to say in those verses in 1 Corinthians 7. You have the chance to live a radiant life, as we looked at in our previous series. We pointed out there that you don't have to be a dim light in a dark place. When you shine brightly in a dark place or a relationship, you stand out and have an impact. Standing for what is right in a dark time, being an influence rather than being conformed to the pressure around you, it is possible. Absolutely. Let's look at an example of a young man in the Old Testament that could have easily conformed to the pressure around him to fit in. It would have been the easy way out and avoiding conflict and the pressure of those around him. His life may have been easier, at least in the short term. But he would have given up the influence that he could have had on those around him. So he took the hard path and was used by God to touch the lives of two kings in a foreign kingdom. The man was Daniel. He found himself in a difficult situation. The Babylonians invaded Israel and took some of the best and brightest back to Babylon to influence them and form them into the mold of the Babylonians to make them leaders that would then mold the rest of Israel into their foreign culture. Daniel was immersed in the culture and indoctrinated into all that was Babylonian. Yes, in Daniel 1.5 it says, The king assigned them a daily portion of food and that the king ate and of wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years and at the end of the time they were to stand before the king. It would have been very easy and safer for Daniel to just go along with the program and not make any waves. But amazingly, Daniel saw that they were what they were trying to do, and he pushed back. He made a commitment at great personal sacrifice and risk not to be influenced, but to be an influencer. It goes on in verse 8 and says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. It was so important for Daniel to not compromise. He made an arrangement with the chief of the eunuchs, and after a test period, it says, at the end of ten days, it was seen that they, Daniel and his friends, were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. Daniel and his three friends did not defile themselves, and God honored that and blessed them. God blessed his stand and rewarded Daniel for his commitment. He stood out and he stood higher because God blessed him for his refusal to be shaped in an ungodly mold. And as you read the rest of the book, you see how this young man had significant opportunities to influence two Babylonian kings. These kings were neither godly nor wise, but Daniel's character and his wisdom had a profound effect on them. It says in Daniel 1.19 that the king spoke with them, and among all them none was found like Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king acquired them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. 
If you're struggling in your marriage, don't miss this. Be like Daniel, who refused to give in and fit in. He took the hard road of standing for the Lord and the truth, and God blessed that. We want to challenge you to follow that example and see how the Lord would use you in your spouse's life. There's so many ways that we can either be influenced or be an influencer. It is so easy to not even think about the ways that we are being molded by those around us, including our spouse, either for good or for bad. Our attitudes about life and our faith can be influenced by our spouse. Our faith should generate a cheerful and optimistic perspective because we believe that God's in control and that He loves us. For the spouse struggling spiritually or emotionally, they can tend to influence us toward having a black cloud about our circumstances. Negative attitudes can be reinforced as they are repeated at close quarters. You have to guard your heart and your mind from being jaded. Our speech can be incredibly influenced by those around us. Have you ever noticed how the words used and what you talk about are changed by the company that you keep? We can become very critical of others or use coarse and ungodly speech. Often the struggles that someone is going through are are seen in their speech. Jesus said, Out of the heart the mouth speaks. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer anyone. That's from Colossians 4.6. Uplifting, faith-filled, gracious speech, blessing God and your spouse. James 3 is another passage on our speech. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Only God-honoring speech should come out of our mouths. And also, your responses and reaction to your spouse are very significant. They may respond in a harsh and embittered way. They may overreact and even be abusive. It's easy to be molded into that pattern, almost like an eye for an eye. You can almost feel that you're at war with your spouse. We looked at the passage in Colossians 3 at the way that you're supposed to treat others with kindness and patience and humility. And one more area to look at is your spiritual life. If your spouse is struggling spiritually, they're certainly not going to encourage you to pursue the Lord. You can find it's much easier to skip church on Sunday. You will not be encouraged by them to be in the Word and pray. In fact, probably the opposite. You have to make a commitment in your mind that you're going to pursue the Lord and put Him first. That means, again, swimming upstream against the current. But the choices you make and the example you set can have a great influence on your wayward spouse. Your wayward spouse needs that light. In their despair, you can show God's encouragement and joy. In a time of being trapped and under a weight of sin, you can show the gift of forgiveness and restoration. In their confusion and the darkness of walking in their own wisdom, you can give a living example of God's wisdom and the fruit of obedience, rest, and peace. But only if you are transformed by the renewing of your mind and are not conformed to the way of your spouse. The power of the word to give understanding and wisdom is beyond measure. Life can't just be about getting through. It it can't be putting your head down and not causing any waves. Daniel didn't do that. You don't make waves just for the sake of waves. But in the process of walking with God, sometimes there are waves. Just like when you jump into a pool, your choice causes waves. You have to believe that your choice to take the plunge of putting the Lord and His Word first in your life will make some waves. You don't know what effect you will have, but you have to trust God uh, that He will use your integrity and faith in the heart of your spouse. 
don't do it just for the effect, but realize that there will be an effect. You do it for your love for the Lord and to put Him first. Let God use the ripples. That attitude will move you past just trying to get by and trying to make it. So your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to read through Daniel 1 every day if needed to get into your thinking the high call on your life to not conform but to be transformed. Pray that God would make you a Daniel. If you're encouraging someone who is married but alone, pray for them in this regard and consider sharing one idea that we've looked at this week. Well, let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you for this week and this message, God, the example of Daniel and so many other believers in the Bible that were in a place where they were pressured into acting certain ways and doing things that were contrary to your word. Father, I pray for those spouses out there that are struggling, that they're together but alone. You'd help them to see the righteous standard that they can uphold to walk with you. And God, that you'd use that in their spouse's life and their heart. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback and suggestions to improve the podcast. You can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Would you share this episode on your Facebook page or other social media? Next week on Married by Design, we'll be looking at the traps and dangers you may face in a marriage in which you are together but alone. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design.